Join us as we open another file in the Markov dossier. Sigma Whiskey 1202503131. Saluton, and welcome to this episode of the Markov dossier, a dystopian age podcast. Myself and Sam. Hello. Are going to be discussing all things dystopian today. We're going to be discussing all the stuff in the news. We haven't been able to record recently. We've had some technical difficulties, um, among other things. But we're going to try and keep it as regular as possible. Maybe once once every two weeks, um, if we can, as long as we're allowed. <laughs> lurgy willing. <laughs> yeah, lurgy, lurgy technology all that good stuff willing think now we said lurgy all the americans are gonna go what the hell's the lurgy <laughs> i don't yes. think I don't, I don't think i don't think i particularly anyone's made it across this pond no probably not for, for all of our non um british isles people uh, uh, lurgy is illness cooties bug nasty <laughs> snot <laughs> Yeah, British idiom for anything that makes you ill. <laughs> yeah. Miscellaneous illness. Okay, right then. So, let's crack on. We were in for a bit of a treat this month. It seems as though we have the return of something that the community has been crying out for for quite a while. Uh, it's the return of the spoiler. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I've been, I'm so glad to see this back. It's so much fun. It is. It, I mean, a lot of people kind of guessed it almost instantly. <laughs> you, you kind of like, oh, okay. So that kind of um, put a bit of a damp squib on it. But at the same time, there were some people that were a bit like, oh, it? it could be this or it could be this. So It's the point, isn't it? Yeah. For Many of us will recognise straight away what things are in the spoiler alerts. For those who are new to War Cradle's aura of how they work things... I think it was about, when was the last time? Was it about a year and a half ago? For a while they did. Every month there was a little, just like this month, a little picture, just a snippet of one of the models that was coming out for the next month. And we all went crazy trying to guess it. Yep. And they did this a lot with Wild West Exodus. And we all loved it. Um, we, I, mean, I don't think I ever got one right, ever. <laughs> I think for about a year and a half, your guess was every single time. Was dead or alive, body. <laughs> and it wasn't even a joke. I genuinely thought every single time, well, there's a spiky boot. That's dead or alive, body. Let me get the render up. Let me have a look. Which one is it? Which one is it? I look again every month. I go, that's dead or alive. Okay, no, it's not. That's dead or alive. Okay, no, it's not. And the one month it was dead or alive, I went. It was uh, Hunter. The uh, it was Dylan Callis's mob. I guess. <laughs> like, look, there's a bird. That's in Dylan Callis's mob. Yep. Yep, I, did, uh, I was about to say the irony yeah. <laughs> that all those months of picking Dead or Alive Posse, and the one time it was Dead or Alive Posse, it, you picked Dylan Callis's Posse because there was a bird in it. <laughs> oh, about, about right from everything I do in life, really. <laughs> but yes, wait, wait, so that is the spoiler alert little images that come around and it looks like the return return of it it's come it's come back we've had the little spoiler alert we saw a plane on a landing pad inverted wings invert with inverted wings 
Um, if you've been following the art, as soon as you saw the inverted wings, you knew it'd be Imperial because you've seen it in the art, mm -hmm. which led many of us to believe that this will be, next month's release will be Battlefleet Templehof, which is the carrier support group for the Imperium. Yep, it's a, it's a fairly solid guess. Um, so other people have also guessed the Ice Maiden. Um, bit of a coincidence, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, this is where it, it, I kind of wonder if, you know, Stuart's sitting at his desk giggling, going, everybody is going to think that this is Templehof, and then we're going to drop this in next month's pre-orders, and everybody's going to lose their S-word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen it now, have a look on the uh, Studium Lounge. Stuart has dropped a photo that he mysteriously found in his old archive of photos from around Easter time, as he puts it, which is, and it's not complete... It is the main frame of the Ice Maiden, which is the super character. It is in the Orbat. I, I asked the question and, and Stuart pointed him out to the Orbat. I was like, oh, yes, it's in the Orbat. Yes, it is made of Prykree. Okay. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Not only is it in the Orbat, it's also in the cards, not once, but twice. There are two entries. Ooh. There is a named version called the SMS... Oh god, I'm gonna butcher this so badly. Ice Colt Schonhoit. Anybody that's <laughs> from Germany, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, and Sasha will be on to you. Yeah. <laughs> I know, mate, just gonna be like, you could not have done worse at that. That was awful. Um, but yeah, it's the name version of the Ice Maid. I haven't looked at it fully. Um, I mean, they're both Dreadnought super carriers, so they are ginormous. They've got Hall 13. Oh my god. SRS capacity 12. 8 normal capacity for special Blitz and Bomber tokens. Yeah, I've had a quick look at their rules. That, you do not want Blitz and Bombers coming at you. Because you can't hit them if there's any SRS tokens on the board. Because they've got basically they've got fighter support. So you have to clear off all the SRS tokens first before you can get Blitz and Bombers. By which point you've probably been bombed to pieces. Yeah, I mean that is... That is nasty because you've got like eight fighters supporting those four bombers. So you've got to take out those eight before you can even start to chip away at those four bombers. That's that's going to be difficult to deal with. Plus, hole thirteen. You're not putting that down onto you. you you're going to struggle to get any. Uh, you're certainly not going to get any criticals on that in a hurry. It's mass five, so it is drifting five inches, like right at the start of its turn. <laughs> Which is not a small amount, so you've got to be careful with your like placement. Yeah, otherwise you're going to smack into icebergs and whatever. Smack into icebergs, and if you, I mean, it's not got a lot of. Um, it's got quite a few long range stuff, but once you get more in close with things, it starts vulnerable. to get a little bit. Which is to... what a real carrier is like, really. Um, yeah. If you can get past the defense, I mean, a modern a modern carrier is a blooming fortress. So the, the, the guns are computer controlled nowadays. But a World War Two era carrier, for example, if you get at it, you could do a lot of damage. But yeah, that it's uh, that is a monolith of a model. You are not going to get that off the board. Oh, it's well, it's five hundred points. So thank God you're only going to see one of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. And uh, it will mean that the other other side is severely depleted for everything else 
However, like I say, it's got a drift five, so if you can get a lot of cryo cruisers whacking icebergs in front of it, yep. by by simple dice spam, you're going to start doing some damage. Yep. Um, uh, like just looking at it now, the front has got three um, Stormbringers, so they so are point, point blank. blank. Yeah. Special version. There's got some. Like nasty stuff on it. It's got three Gustav bombards on the front hull. So that is three guns. Oh my god. <laughs> at, at closing and long that can throw out 11 dice base. Plus <laughs> another 14 for each of the other Gustav bombards. That's a yes. lot of dice. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a lot of dice. That's basically make whole squadrons just disappear. Yeah, that it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, now I'm glad I picked this faction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully, of course, that if they're going to produce a, a dreadnought class for the Imperium, other dreadnought classes will not be far behind. So we're not going to be the rest of us aren't going to be overpowered too quickly. Yep. Well, <laughs> sucks, sucks to be you if you're the last to get last to get your dreadnoughts, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean at the same time. Like That's the it'll be game. fun to just up those points a little bit to include those dreadnoughts and see what you could field against it. Yeah, like one of those big six six by four table style games at two thousand points. Maybe I'm not sure. Mm. Um, but yeah, wonder, I'm wondering if SRS is the way to take a, uh, the supercarrier out because if you can spam lots of fighters at it, or later on bombers when you when your faction gets them. Like most carriers, they're vulnerable to being hit from the air. Of course, it does have air defence. Yeah, you can't block only, everything. <laughs> it's only got two aerial um, defence for the oh, name. So if you can get enough, if you can get stuff in the air and yeah. get it to it, you've got a chance. Not much of a chance, but much <laughs> a chance. Not. I mean, if like. like it's a good distraction. It's a good tactic to to get yeah. it go. The, the, the uh, yes. Do you do you ignore it and try and get your objectives, or do you go all out to sink it? The classic uh, war cradle game. The the risk versus glory uh, tactics. Yeah, yep, love definitely. it. Okay, so that's the Imperium taken care of. Mm -hmm. We've also had a few other. Uh, few other sneak peeks for dystopian wars this month because uh various war hosts have received uh the plastic sprues from a Mushaski squadron myself included which was a complete and utter surprise for me that day that came in the post and i was like what's this uh, uh i've not ordered anything and then i thought hang on i've had a couple of late nights on the internet have i accidentally ordered something <laughs> if i've accidentally ordered something i'm in trouble <laughs> And I open oh no, okay, no, I know what this is now. No. Oh it's my free, it's fine. <laughs> it's free, it's fine. Yeah. Um myself and my son extremely excited to receive these out of the blue. Um and I've got the bottom I've already posted up pictures both on the Markov page and my own as myself of what they look like post up and so have all the other war hosts. And a couple of others even got them even got the Akranoplan painted in one day. 
They received it, had it painted, done in the evening. Oh, that was impressive. And it was a yeah. damn good paint job as well. So, yes, we've had some some painted in. Uh, I got them built. I built the first one sprue one day and the second sprue the second day. Building them was a very nice experience. Um, if you've followed, if you've seen me post on any on any of the pages, you'll know that modelling is uh, I find challenging. I'm extremely clumsy, especially when it comes to using glue. I tend to get glue everywhere. Um, I can't help it. I'm just very very clumsy. But I found them quite easy to put together. Uh, first one I put together was the Crano plan because I thought, wow, oh, that looks awesome. I want to build that. Um, it went together really well it needed a little tidying up mine had a little flash on it i just need to tidy that up a little bit um it was one of those when you push the wings in i found that you i could go away with not gluing them at all it was a lovely snug fit i pushed yeah. them in and i actually struggled to get them back out again to put the glue on to glue on yeah the hardest thing i found to fit was the cockpit which is a separate piece which fits on top of the two halves of the uh, fuselage. Right, okay. That I needed to shave. There's a lump where the, it's supposed the cockpit's supposed to engage and hold on. I did need to shave that a little bit to get a tight, snugger fit. It was a bit too wide. It wasn't fitting flush. Yeah. So that was a little tricky. Also, it does include the little shield thing that they that the Commonwealth ships have. So it masks the uh, join on the nose quite nicely. You put the shield on, it hides it really well. Yeah, yeah. So, put that together, and it's my son's absolute favourite model. I keep, I keep finding him flying it around. <laughs> it's not a flyer; it's a boat. It's not a boat; it's a ship. It's a ship. Ah! Yeah, flying it around. I keep saying it's a ship, not a plane. I don't care. I'm flying it. It's lovely. I also put together the two cruisers that came with that. I put together the Fada class, which is the support carrier, and the Katanga class. Um, cryo cruiser, which is basically the one with the drill on it. Yeah. The Katanga class went together very easily. Um, did for, I was hoping to leave the cryo turret on it so that it would spin like I've done. Basically, I've just put it on top of the Bedino and it spin, spins. Was a little too snug for that, so I just glued it so it's in the forward-facing position. With a little shaving, you could probably get that to turn and some magnets, and that you could have your cryo turret turning so that went together just fine the Pavada class was a little trickier um, because especially for those that are modeling and like their options if you're going to try and magnetize so you can swap between the Pavada class and the, Moro the Morosco class because they both use the same hull and it's just the top that's different you're going to find that challenging you're going to need to fill in with something the hull because it's essentially a hollow donut made of um six parts and it's not strong on its own you can't just glue those edges and expect it to hold in if you filled it with hot glue i, I know for example will one do much to fill all this with hot glue so you can put the magnets in that will work i did find it quite tricky especially as the deck the bavada doesn't fit central on that's the mistake i was made i was trying to get it on i thought why isn't this engaging when i looked underneath it there's actually a, gro a small groove for the nose of your hull and it's not centered right okay. off to one side so that the deck sits on properly and yep, then the so. deck overlaps the tabs on the side yeah and then you there's a bridge section that you glue onto the other side so the, i found the provider a slightly fiddly build the other thing i found difficult was they have these new little mini turrets two little gun mini turrets they go in quite they are tight mm. i've pushed them in 
you can turn on, but you have to put some force behind it, so I'm not going to, because I'm going to end up snapping the guns off. If you want them turning, again, you'll have to shave the peg and magnetise. But overall, quality pro quality plastic, just as we expect with the anything that comes from War Cradle. Very sharp, lovely detail, plenty of details. You look at it and you can just see, you can see portholes, you can see cannons. They're fantastic. Overall, I, I, if I had to score that, I would say that is a solid eight to nine out of 10 in terms of quality for, and ease of build. Just needs a little care when you're pulling the carriers, carrier together and that's it. Yeah, they look really nice together. You can sort of see when you look at the underside, like how the the deck goes onto the cruiser um, hull, but I imagine it would be a little bit sort of a little bit tricky here and there. Um, and I noticed that some of the some of the war hosts that have got them uh, pretty much got them built and painted up. Uh, yeah. Gary Connell was one of the guys who painted up. It was very sort of. Um, military style colors military russian colors with like the dark sort of darkish green with the red highlights stars and things uh, looks really nice someone said it was very red alert i think he might have said it was very red alert or was in the comments i can't remember but it, it does give you that sort of kind of command and conquer red alert vibe very like bright reds and dark greens it's quite quite very, nice very nice and I, I thought quite realistic looking as well yeah, you could see that being a proper, color, a real color scheme in the real world for the real thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's one of the really good things about the the dystopian war stuff is there's there's so much detail that you can do like a really like spend hours on it and it look great, but you don't have to spend hours on it. You can just do like a like a really not quick job, but um, like a decent job in a few hours in two to three four hours you can still get a really nice result because the the details are so nice and so crisp on the models yeah they are indeed and one or two of us have got the hands on the resin haven't they i've seen a couple of people they've got the pre-orders in being war hosts they get them a little quicker they've had to pay for it they, they weren't given away free but they have had um the hands on the actual most hasty battleship itself and that resin looks incredibly good on the videos i've seen of that yep uh yep. again super crisp and it's a big chunk. it's a say it's it's on it's the same size as the resins we've seen with the bait with the two-player set and if you've got one of the other battle fleets so yeah. we're getting a definite this is the size of a resin battleship these are the size of the cruisers they're about all the same size all the same length these are the size of frigate and so on so they keep keeping to a nice scale well i remember chris replied to one of my comments because i was sort of like um, i'd be interested to see how big yeah. in comparison the battles uh, the big fleet carrier is compared to the smaller fleet carriers and stuff and he said oh that that will be roughly the same size as the borodino in length uh, and i just a follow-up question i said oh is that roughly the same size as all of the fleet carriers that we're going to see and he said most of them so most. some of them he didn't say whether they'd be bigger or, or smaller. smaller so that they're you know some of the the ones we'll see will vary in size slightly 
but yeah. I don't think it'd be much. No, it probably won't be probably won't be much at all. Okay, so moving on to the Wild West Exodus, um, we've already mentioned last the on our last podcast that uh, Ichio, Ichiko Kuga was mod legendary version is out with her battle uh what should we call it battle snarf battle <laughs> not battle snarf battle snarf yes battle snarf okay with battle snarf is out but it, it, it came it didn't come out to big fanfare but her card was also released yep. it just snuck in that i just happened to check and there it was, it was like, oh my goodness the card's here <laughs> and I yep. hope we got that posted onto the Wild West Exodus page. And what is interesting is the massive difference in utility between the legendary and the regular. So do you want to? Okay. So do you want to cover the cover? Take this, Scott. Start with. Yeah. So the legendary version is more of a heavy hitter. She's got um, she's got a quick of eight. Um, Grit of seven, fight of seven, and her rules are more around getting into fights as much as possible and hitting as hard as possible when she gets there. Yeah, she's uh, quite nasty. She's got it's all uh, up close and personal. She's got no ranged attacks whatsoever. She's got unstoppable. She's got um, got bounding strike as well, which is quite nasty on her. In comparison with her non-legendary version which is more of a support role really yeah she, she buffs the other models with what she does in support role yeah it, it it's like a stark contrast between the two um, she's also got largesse which I'm not sure if the other version has or not I don't think it has let me switch no she does me. have sorry she's got an extra fortune yeah she also has a legendary version also has an underboss which means she doesn't have to be replace its face she can be a boss of her own right and have her take her own posse of course it'll only be a faction posse rather yeah. than a special uh, theme posse but she can also take her own posse into battle if she wants so if you don't want to use um if you don't want to use uh, rayon you can use her instead which is uh, another another way to take her into battle and wreck face. Yeah, I can see her being used in um, some some of the posses rather than just the the Necromancer posse potentially in the legendary version. Just as like a an alternative to like a Thunderbird or a Great Fire Eagle, like as a as a hard hitting smash big stuff up. Would you want to be? Would you want to be facing a posse that includes that and the fire eagle? <laughs> Mike's working it out already as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, God, that'd be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> if if anyone's going to feel that, it's going to be Mike Pierce. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like just off the top of my head, there is—is is it Alcon the Sky Spirit who can take like an, a great eagle and a thunderbird in almost in every? slot i think his yeah his theme posse does yeah you don't have to take his daughters you can take uh, i think you can take um the thunderbird and the fiery is it fire eagle yeah fire eagle yeah. as well if you wished uh and then you could have you could have uh Ichigo Kuga in the second posse i'm not sure you'd get it in points wise but my goodness you'd 
the, that would be the Alpha Strike from Hell. <laughs> there would be no turn two. <laughs> what, are the, what are the Fire Eagles? So 210 points for Legendary Ichigo. 140 points for a Fire Eagle. 135 points for a Great Thunderbird. So in, in theory, I don't know what Alcon is. I'm just gonna have a look at his. I'm just gonna have a look at his uh, theme posse card to make sure that it, this is uh, something that can be done. So Alcon's 170 points. So you could field a lot of nasty. <laughs> you might not make any friends, but yeah, it, it, that's a definite no friend posse. But when you when you. It, I, it would be one of those four. Okay, here's here's his. Uh, I'm looking at his posse card now. So, oh yeah, Pacer Spirit Walker, a Fire Eagle in slot two, a Great Thunderbird in slot three, a Fire Eagle in slot four, a Great Thunderbird in slot five, a Great Thunderbird or a Spire Eagle. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that so, would be horrible. <laughs> Good grief. So, so you're looking at like. Potentially 700 points, roughly. So you've still got another 700 points to play with. Oh, plus you've got a minus Alcon, who is 170. So you're looking at like nearly 900 points. So yeah, building. You'd have 300 points. Yeah, I, I, I was slightly concerned with your maths there, where you worked out that 1200 points minus 700 points is still 700 points. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking. Sure not. <laughs> I was thinking of the old um, one thousand five hundred points limit yeah. that they used I'll to. I'll let you off. <laughs> not <It> yet. <laughs> that, so, yeah. So that yeah, if that would be a terrifying list to face. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely something you can do. Definitely something you can do. I. We know Mike's going to feel that. <laughs> There's going to be as soon as he can get into a, a store and play someone, that's going on the table. <laughs> Quite probably. Oh lord! Right. So that's what we've got for Wild West Exodus in terms of the news there. And finally, we've seen some fiction. A bit of fiction, actually. Quite a bit of fiction. Okay, so we've had for Dystopian Wars, we've had two pieces by Alan Ward. We've had the first part. This is a three parts, three part story. The first part is called The Elegant and Divine, and the second part is called Fire and Ice. And they are apparently telling the story of the theft of the Prometheus. So The Elegant and Divine is from the enlightened point of view and tells this and tells it from an engineer's point of view on one of the uh, cruisers it's a very good well written story and the latest latest section that's dropped the fire and ice one is told from the point of Markov himself and his agents as they steal the Prometheus away and what they plan to do with it both are excellent reads and we certainly recommend that you get them you can find them on the War Cradle Block Studios blog page. So that's that one. You... So Sarah Cockwell is back as well with some fiction. Uh, she's the one on the 20 Minutes called Chalk and Cheese. Yep. 20 Minutes being the Crown's Rocketeer Court. Yep. Uh, we talked about them 
last yeah. time, I think. Their missions last 20 minutes, one way or the other. Yep. <laughs> Insert Blackadder joke here. Woof! Yep. There you go. You can't not do it, can you? No! I've got to do it! <laughs> it's like a, a Tourette's. A Blackadder Tourette's. What, what did you mention the Tourette's? Well, I did it for X-Wing, didn't I? <laughs> Did you? I don't remember. Yes, I had. I, I I temporarily named my squadron um, Lord Flashheart's Night Vipers. <laughs> I must have blocked that out mentally because I don't remember it all. Yeah, I, I I think the horror of watching me do uh, Lord Flashheart impressions, a complete with groinal thrusting, must have caused a fugue state. Yeah, it's it's probably more damaging than alcohol to my brain. To be fair. There you go, I'm officially bad for your health. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yes, the chalk and cheese fiction, very good. Written the um it's written on the point of one of the twenty minutes and his friendship with an officer of the twenty minutes. So they're very, very different characters. That's where you get the chalk and cheese from. It is excellently written. Sarah is a fantastic author, not just for Wild West Exodus, she also writes for Games Workshop and the War she writes for Warhammer and they are all excellent. If you haven't come across Sarah's work before, please have a look on the War Cradle Studios blogs, look for the Viginettes, you will find many. Sarah has written a lot of these and they're all excellent reads if you haven't come across them. Yeah, definitely go and check them out. That's all the news I think we've covered over the past couple of weeks while we've not been recording. Um, let's have a quick on what we've been doing um, so for me personally I have just literally in the past week I have just finished the entirety of the Hunt for Prometheus uh, box set everything is painted ap apart from the SRS tokens but I'm not counting those because I don't have a carrier to actually use them with so technically I've finished everything in the box which is good enough for me I'll take uh, them off your hands if you don't need them. <laughs> <laughs> I can feel, I can feel the carriers. <laughs> yep, you, you, you've magnetised and. Or well, no, I, they just hold together with friction at the minute. I'm still, I'm still going to get around to magnetising. Also, on my desk uh, this very evening before recording, I've started painting up Drum. Uh, he's a really nice model. He's got a custom base. Um, which makes him illegal for tournaments, sadly, but um, I couldn't get a, a base size that is exactly right. I also can get a round-lipped base. I got round-lipped bases for the rest of my Nautilus crew, but for some reason MicroArt Studio doesn't seem to make the round-lipped version in bigger sizes of this base style. It's like a ship's deck. Oh, yeah. Um, but it only makes like the straight-cut ones. Um, but yeah, he's almost done. He just needs a couple of washes, and uh, I'll post him up on the council and and stuff. Share him everywhere. Well, uh, as he's in a legal base, I don't think you can ever field him against me. <laughs> <laughs> he, the funny thing is, he'll slot into the. If I turn the other base upside down that I got with him, he slots into that quite nicely. So oh. I, I can still field him. It just looked really strange. Um, <laughs> Ah, uh, go on then, I'll let you. You can kill me with him. Um, I've still got Opie and Carly 
to finish um, from my hex stuff. Um, they're the ones that I'm I'm sort of dreading and excited to paint at the same time because they are Wonderful. so much detail on them. I, I'm just like I'm a little bit intimidated by Opie and Carly, um, but they're the next things for me to do. What about you? Uh, with me, well, as you know, I don't I don't paint as prolifically as you do. I mean, gonna be slow painter, um, but I do like to build. So I let's see, I have been building sprues for Empire, and I've built the Hate Musheski. I've also recently got myself uh, Father in the Enlightened, which is the set that I wanted right at the start when I got into Wild West Exodus and never got round to getting because there was always another shiny thing that I wanted. I ended up getting all sorts of other things and I finally got round to having uh, Burson and, and it's I don't know, it's worth the wait. I know that they're older models, but the Brutes are stunning. Love them. Nice. Love them. Even if I did make a slight mess with John Younger's, John Younger's uh, wrist arm that he has coming out of his arm, I cut it off too much and it doesn't bend like it should. But never mind, it still looks incredible. Yeah. Um, and I think the best news is I have received received back from. Uh, I, I'm fortunate enough to live near a a commission painter, Dominic Avery at Dark Sider Miniatures, has painted my Kyle the Black for me and brought him back for me, and I gave him a challenge. I, I flippantly just said because we made jokes about because obviously Carl the Black's quite a hefty guy and I made and I made get in my belly jokes from uh, Austin Powers and then I thought you know what now I've said that I want to paint him I want him I want him painted tartan so I just flippantly said to Dominic can you paint tartan and he said he never tried he'd have a go I had no idea how much I was asking him to do because <laughs> tartan's actually very very difficult to paint it requires an incredibly steady hand um you I've posted photos of this already uh on my page um look for look for Kyle because I've called him Kyle the tartan yeah and you can say and the tartan it looks stunning it's just you can see the I was just expecting a red and black check no he's gone the whole log there's the little pale pale lines there's the pale shadowing that goes alongside the red check it's incredibly detailed and then he's gone for the rest of it um keeping with the uh with this with the theme for the character the yellow shirt which matches the yellow jacket that he wears in the film the white i put white on the apron splattered him in gore um he's got sweat pits he's got because um, as you know Kyle's model you can swap the hands around and I've mag he's magnetised that for me so I can have either food or weapons on the food hands there's gravy running down his hand from the turkey leg which I love um, the weapons are covered in gore so I think I found the fa my favourite pose for him is turkey turkey leg and spanner axe or whatever you want to call that thing that he holds in his uh, holds in his right hand that appears to be my favourite pose for him yeah. and i I've still got him out on my desk, so when I'm when I'm working at my desk from working from home, I can see him every day. He's just sitting there. The reason for that is I've run out of foam to put my models in. I need to buy another box. So if you want to see my Kyle the Tartan, have a look on the photos on the Markov dossier page, or on my own post on the Dark Council. You'll be able to see him there. Um, if you like what you see there and you want uh, to give my painter guy a commission his name is Dominic Airy at Darksider Miniatures uh, you can find his page on Facebook so that's Darksider video on the end
Um, so that's what I've been working on. I keep gently touching up the uh, constructs, the what, they, what, what the one's called with the guns on their arm, the henchmen. Yeah. Keep tidying up just a little bit because I'm never quite happy how they look. And I've been Every now and again, I'll put a little bit more paint on it. I'm just going to leave them because at the end of it, if I put too much paint on it, it's going to ruin them and I need to move on to a different model now and just go, they're done and leave them. Yep. So I'm going to work with what I think I want to do the uh, Widowers next. I want to get them painted up and put on to Warcrate. Uh, I've got some topper bases for the official in industrial bases, so I'm going to take them off the plain base, put them onto those, and then get them all painted up. Nice. That's so. That's what I've been doing in the hobby, and that's what we've been doing, and that rounds that up. Yep. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Go on then. Next dystopian age purchase, which you've finished everything that you're currently aware of. Um, I, th- I, I'm torn. I want Ningjing. My son wants Mushaiski. He, yep. he, I did. He did think he was going to go for the Crown Fleet, but I think having the Mahesi sprues, he's just like, I want Mahesi. He wants everything. He's collapsed his eyes on. You know, he's eleven years old at the end of the day. <laughs> but he really wants Mahesi. So one of those will get bought. <laughs> Probably Mahesi, because then we've already got the Commonwealth that we get with the starter set. So then yep. we can have a fleet. Of course, it would be nice if we had time to play a flipping game. Yeah. Um, we are going to have to get some game in sometime and just arrange some time where I can get the table out and put some cloth on and just say, right, can we just leave us alone and let us play this game? Because he's not, you know, this is his birthday present at the end of the day and he hasn't had a chance to play it yet. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really wanting to play a game. I mean, I've, I think I've got, the, I think I know what I'm doing with the rules, more or less, or at least I know where to look for the rules as we're doing it. And as he, because he's, We'll just start with the ba- we'll just start with basics, and I'll ignore some rules, and we'll build yeah. it up, and hopefully he'll enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and he'll probably roll lots of dice, and I'll probably be sank by the end of turn two. Um, that's that. I think is my per- next purchase is probably going to be the Mosheisky box. So I've got the full set for me. So I am also torn. On the one hand, if next month's, if June's release is, as people have guessed, the Temple Hoff, I will be picking up all three boxes of the Imperium. I've now finished my... I, I said I wouldn't buy any more Dystopian Wars until I'd painted everything I'd got. Everything I've got is now painted. Asterix, not SRS tokens. But everything I've got is now painted. Yeah. So I'll be picking up, if it is that box i was picking up that box um, because i'm really desperate to paint those imperium boats they are just they look so nice you are that one rare breed of gamer that says i'm not buying anything else until i've painted it all and you actually stick to that i do stick to iron willpower (laughs) the amount of times that battlefeet elector has gone into a basket and then been deleted because i've looked at my cabinet thought no you have not finished painting your dystopian wars yet. You cannot buy more. Um, I cannot count the amount of times that that's happened since it's been released. I'm looking, if... at, Lect- I'm looking at Lecter and it looks 
Uh, just, just by the way, it's built. It is very customizable. If you're gonna, if you if you want to magnetize something, Electra looks like an easy one to magnetize. I don't need magnets. Too much effort for me. I know you don't. <laughs> Which brings me to my next question: What are you gonna fix your classes as? Have you thought about that yet? Or you I have sure? thought about that. And again, like I'm torn, and I think it's the reason I'm also torn in, in buying the battle fleets is I want to play more games before digging into because they are so adjustable in in the different roles because potentially i might buy two elector battle fleet boxes rather than a battle fleet box a frontline box and a carrier box just because the main battleship is configurable the, in multiple ways the elector battleship just looks like it's just gonna wreck face completely but the logistics battleship is also something where i'm like that is in in from World by Sex, as we know, carbon inflation is very it's very powerful. Yeah. It's Honestly, like... I would not glue those guns in. I'm looking at the different options, and it's too good. You fix yourself to one option, you're going to regret it, because there's going to be times when you want, no, I want the big cannons on the back or the front. And that, and I would not glue them in. I would. I think they'll, they'll hold in with friction, from what we've seen. I would yeah. just build them and just put them in and just go, yeah, until you're happy. If they if they hold in nicely without me having to do a lot with them, um, then I'll do that. If it's a case of I have to either magnetise or glue them, they will get glued because I don't have the patience for magnetising. Uh, well, you know, each, each to their own me. I, can't, I hate the idea of locking myself into one... I mean, I'm, 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 I have not magnetised yet. I have just holding together with friction with my uh, enlightened ships at the moment, which does quite well. But I do need to put a magnet in there because I've, I've tried it. Sometimes you move them too much, and yep, the, the damn bridge has fell off again. Damn it! Need to magnetise that at yep. least. Yeah. So if if against all odds, Stuart does has sort of swerved us completely, and it is in June going to be the Ice Maiden as a main release, as much as I do want that model eventually, right now, it's not important to me enough. Yeah. And I will probably buy, and this is going to shock you a little bit because I've said this on multiple occasions, that I hate the look of them, but I will be buying the Cerulean box. Ooh! Because I, I, just I am surprised because you you, ha- you have stated on multiple times that you just don't, the Cerulean look is not for you. No. But... Aliens guy, is that the, is that the swing in it? No, it's the nightmare. The nightmare swinging it for you. That is, ooh, I'm not going to say the word stunning. That is an incredible model. I've said that lots as well. <laughs> I need more adjectives. I need get, somebody get me a Theosaurus. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, and I saw somebody uh, on the council like way back before they'd even announced that box, like middle early 2020 yeah. and people were baiting stuff up somebody did a cerulean alpha in a colour scheme where I was just like I don't like this model but that makes it look more interesting and different than was that I'm... the one where they'd gone literally took the cerulean colour which is a sort of purpley lilac uh, cerulean and made his skin like and which really emphasised the fact his head the cerulean alpha's head looks like an octopus when you paint it right, you suddenly realise, oh yes, it looks like an octopus, which is 
part of the thing, Charming, because octopuses obviously can are ultimate camouflage masters. They can change their colours, their skin, they can change their texture and everything. So that's where that's coming from. But if you look when you look at the model, you suddenly realise with the neck things going on in his neck, his head is an octopus. Yes. Yeah. I think I know which paint job you mean. It's not that one. Oh, it's not that one. <laughs> oh Pope. It was a good guess because like you say, it's a, it's a really good paint job. But somebody did um a James Cameron's Avatar style paint job. Light blue, black eyes, um, lighter blue stripes here and there across across the skin. And it just I was just like, that that really, really works. And it also fits in with my colour scheme of the light blue armour. And I can do the armour maybe a cerulean y sort of colour instead of doing the armour of the bluey colour. Um and it should still work in theory. Ah. I might have to do a more ready purple for it to work properly. But I was just like, yeah, I, I, I really, I really like that. It's really good take on at like because I know people paint them like the dark reds, purples, that sort of color. But he'd gone full on really bright blue with it, and it's just worked. Ah, I'm trying to find the model. I'm just scrolling back through. Oh, hang on. I think I may have found it. Uh, no, that's not it. But that's pretty much Matt. what it is. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. It's not you. <laughs> that That's pretty much what it is. But it, somebody did like some striping down the legs and on the arms. Um, and it just just really works really oh that's the one i was originally i've just noticed my comment at the bottom that's the one i was originally talking about where you can actually tell it's an octopus yeah yeah i'll have to find that we'll have to find that model and then we'll uh put it on our page of this is what we think a cerulean is awesome though yep yeah definitely we'll have to share and that's a little bad for matt so i'm gonna put matt's on there as well sorry matt (laughs) (laughs) you're not the one but you are very very good i really like that course game scott has no taste (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I, I don't have any taste because lots of people really like the Cerulean model and I, I, I just don't get it um, but I do think that scholar scheme just works really nice for them uh, so. we'll, we'll find it and we'll post that on our on, our, on the uh, Markov page shortly so that'll, that'll do us for this episode thanks for listening thank you very much uh, and we shall see you hopefully in a week or two yep speak to you all later thanks for listening bye file number Sigma Whiskey 120 250 31 file closed